Hello, my lovely listeners. This is Black Girls Rock. I'm your host, Anon Masiri, and this is a podcast where I'm going to be talking to my friends about black girls playing rugby and our experiences within the community and generally just black girl magic. You can check us out on Instagram at Black Girls Rock. That's R U C K. Or you can send me an email to blackgirlsruck at gmail.com. I'd love to get any feedback, any suggestions, and just talk to as many people as possible. I'm joined with Lamise and Juanita. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey, girl. And we're here to talk about all things dating and rugby. How are you guys doing? Lamise, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm great. I'm swell. How are you, Juanita? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, feeling good. So, Lamise, we've had you on the podcast before. Everyone knows you, knows your yeah. story. Don't really need to know more about you anymore. Um, Juanita, do you want to tell me about yourself? Wow. Um, who are you? <laughs> Where did you come from? Yeah, so um, I'm 24 years old, born and raised in Hackney, born in Homerton. So I graduated uh, last year with a degree in international relations um, from the University of Exeter. Um, I spent four years there playing rugby and now I'm here kind of feeling my way through, uh, you know, the world of work. How did you get into rugby? Yeah, so yeah, that's actually a really good question. So I went into Exeter um, kind of because I, I was a very sporty kid. Um, and so I kind of lost that throughout secondary school. Um, I used to play basketball. I used to swim a lot when I was younger, but then I got, you know, fat and lazy over secondary school, eating lo- lots of chicken and chips, as you do. Um, <laughs> that is such a typical inner London story of growing <laughs> up in London. <laughs> Honestly, one pound chicken and chips, yeah. like full wings and chips, yeah. it, was, it was amazing. Um, so that made me fat. And so I was like, <laughs> I need to start doing some more exercise. So I did go into university thinking, ah, uh, let me try and do a sport. So in Exeter University, you know, every uni has like freshers week, but Exeter is quite sporty so we have something called like Forum Hill and that's where all the sports clubs kind of gather for a week to try and get freshers to join their clubs and I was walking up the hill one day and I saw like these rugby girls and there was this one girl in particular um called Kirsty Wilson shout out to her um if you if you're listening um she was like you'd be perfect for rugby and I, maybe it's because I was kind of hefty, so I'd be a good front row. Maybe, maybe that's what she <laughs> saw in me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I went to one of their taster days and absolutely loved it. I loved the fact that I could run without knowing that I'm running um, because I'm like chasing a ball. That was great. And the girls were just so, so, so friendly. So that's what got me into playing rugby and I kept on going. Who would you say your um, sporting inspirations are? There's two women that I really grew up watching, um, and that was Shelly Ann Fraser-Price. She is a Jamaican sprinter, and obviously during the Olympics and during World Championships, like I absolutely loved 
um, watching her. And there's another one called, I think her name is uh, Veronica Campbell. Um, and she was like, I don't know, she, she was like Shelly Ann's uh, predecessor. So she was, she, she, she was kind of Jamaica's it girl. And then Shelly Ann came over and started like winning everything. But those two for me are my, I think my, um, my sporting sheroes just because you know they have families as well they've they've got these amazing sponsorships but also remain quite humble and still kind of like live where they grew up as well and obviously they're incredibly successful so yeah and they're Jamaican which I am half she knows more than I do wow <laughs> <laughs> it was yours a swimmer that was yours yeah it was Rick Adlington yeah. <laughs> wow. to be fair she's amazing though so incredible fair enough um, but... I was hoping you'd say Serena Williams because I think this might be turning into a Serena Williams appreciation podcast and stuff, but... <laughs> and that's okay. it's just yeah. me and Simi that's fine <laughs> <laughs> so this episode we're talking about dating um so do you think being a woman that plays rugby has impacted your dating life uh, yeah massively um so when I first started playing rugby at uni um, I got a lot more male attention, I guess, because there was a men's club attached to it um, than I'd ever had before, ever. Um, and it was, it's always really interesting to see people's kind of um, reaction when you say to them that you play rugby. It kind of makes you sound a bit more interesting. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I actually think rugby has improved my dating life from that standpoint but then as time goes on um I found that there were a few hurdles I think I've got like quite a bit of a story so I think like rugby for me like for me has really helped me understand who I was um when I came into playing rugby at university like I wasn't aware of the stereotype that people had about female rugby players I was just like oh this is just a great sport and I am a woman and I like you know other women so but I wasn't aware that there was an actual um stereotype about that so when it comes to rugby impacting like my dating life I don't really think um I, I don't really think it's like helped or hindered because in terms of like when I became, you know, active in terms of dating, like that was my environment. So I couldn't be, I don't really have anything else to uh, compare it to, if, mm. if you get what I'm saying. Like that, that, that's all I know. What about you, Anne? It has impacted my dating life. Whether it's negative or positive, I'm not sure <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> I think it is that thing of I'm around a lot more men than I would normally be around. I yeah it's definitely impacting I think it goes back to that thing of rugby being a place to like meet new people and find new friends so you're opened up to like a whole new different group of people and within that kind of is like a pool of potential interest so, so I think yeah. it has impacted my dating life do you think like when you mention that you play rugby is that like a, a thing that you think helps you in like pursuing other people it Great just question. opens up a whole new conversation yeah, for sure. that you wouldn't uh, and a connection as well mm-hmm. I don't know if I uh, well on my tinder profile it did say um oh my god I can't remember the tagline but it was really great but it was something about 
only speak to me if you enjoy eating, playing rugby and laughing. So I That's essentially... That's a brand. It is. <laughs> I so I essentially attracted that, people who like to do those things, unless they didn't read it. And then I realised, well, if you can't read my profile, then you don't deserve to go out with me. Um, <laughs> and so a lot of my dates, the beginning, the first conversation we'd have would be about rugby, and they would talk about what they did at school and how much they loved it. And you just it created this connection with this person that you're just like, oh my god, you love what I love, and it it just it exacerbates your appreciation for each other so much more um yeah it's mental yeah. but sideline george does not like rugby or play rugby and we've been together for four years so it doesn't always work <laughs> <laughs> do you want to explain who george is for the listeners your sweetie Sorry. george your... is my sweetie darling boyfriend <laughs> and has been for four wonderful years um so it's nice to know that my dating torture um, ended happily. <laughs> <laughs> You're not stuck in the ghetto like Anne and I. No. <laughs> it's hard out here. It's really scary. It's so <laughs> difficult. <laughs> it's not something I would recommend. It's... <laughs> I wouldn't want to do it now. I 100% wouldn't want to do it now. It's mm. totally different. You don't go to a club and give someone your number. Yeah. You give them your Instagram page. Like, yeah. What? Yeah. My Instagram page is awful. <laughs> they would take one look at it and be like I'm not interested in the post since 2019 Lamise <laughs> only just followed um, Black Girls Rock um, podcast account recently <laughs> after being in the first episode she only recently started following us so yeah I'm completely with you with the whole your Instagram is not up to date because I was so fuming awful. when I saw that and I was just like <laughs> I'm not surprised but also what the fuck <laughs> It's just not my priority. Yeah, and that's fair enough. <laughs> and it is, it's like goes into like my next question, which is about like dating apps and real life. What do you find that challenging? Obviously, I don't know if you want to talk about how you and George met. And yeah, yeah. so we met on a dating app, <laughs> um, which was fun. So I was, I'd just quit my job. I've just moved back home. And I was like, I want to have a summer of passion and love and excitement and fun. And I wanted to explore um, anything. I changed all of my preferences. And I was like, do you know what? I've seen a lot of men. I'm just going to look for women now. Changed it all to women. Made the mile radius like two miles so that I knew that we're walking distance because I'm quite lazy. <laughs> um, so <laughs> easily access women. <laughs> Um, and uh, he came up because I think the app that I was using at that time was infuriated with my niche niche preferences that they just gave me anybody that was in the area um, so there's a little bug in the system that led me to George um, and yeah we've been together ever since and um, he's also a coder so deep deep down inside I feel like he rigged tinder to get to me mm, you know what I mean mm. so yeah I, I didn't have any qualms of dating apps back in the day mm. but they were very different then mm. and now it just seems really toxic and um, so I'm, I mm. feel for you uh, but don't worry because there's always the alternative of real life <laughs> no what's that <laughs> meeting someone in real life in this day and age god yeah no. you know when you're, you're carrying like loads of bags and you bump into somebody and you jump all your shopping <laughs> life that's is not a movie of me no that's, that, that's <laughs> not how it happens 
<laughs> we live in London. If I was to, if I was to drop all my shopping, people would just walk past. No one would care. No one's going to stop and be like, oh, "You need a hand." I pick up an orange and walk away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my purse will get robbed. All my food's gone. <laughs> my hip hurts. So I won't be able to get back up again. It'd just be a nightmare. It's not really dating ground, to be honest. Juanita, mm. what's your experience on like dating apps and? Yeah. versus meeting people in real life so are you on dating apps if anyone wants to find you what <laughs> oh my god <laughs> um, yeah no so i i haven't had much success with it um and that's not to say i haven't you know gone on dates from from using various dating apps but i actually just don't enjoy the, the whole experience i'm not really one for small talk and i don't know what it is about dating apps but like you have to get through this awkward, I don't know, set of like five sentences introducing yourself. Like, oh, I'm sick of doing that with multiple people like all the time. So currently, like I'm in this weird cycle of like, I won't have a dating app for like six months and then I'll try it out for three days and then I'll like match to as many people as possible and then delete it again and like ghost everybody. I'm, I'm pretty sure like loads of people do this, but I think in terms of finding uh, meaningful relationships like Lamise has, um, I, I have I've I've found nothing of the sort um, at all. Mm. I've I've found um, I don't want to expose myself too much here, but I've I found you know brief connections and entanglements um, <laughs> via <laughs> by, by, by various dating apps um, but also I've, I've made a couple of friends as well out of it so you know yeah. it's, it's, it's been okay yeah I think like with uh, dating apps like obviously I don't set my preference for men obviously but I don't know what it is with girls but I just feel like there's no like speed at all it's just very slow it's very and and I don't know I'm not in the place in my life where I'm here to be courting everybody I just (laughs) (laughs) you're looking for a whirlwind yeah like I'm I, I think people are looking for love right now um and I can't relate to that so <laughs> and, and do you know what I, I was saying if I had like the technical ability that George does I would make a female grinder <laughs> I'd make a female grinder yeah a female grinder because I could talk to you about that, it you know? yeah no, because like please because like on on grinder right <laughs> they know what they want okay yeah we all know what it's it's a common understanding right yeah but for for girls you've got to dig deep you've got to be asking okay so what's your expectations right now like and that can it's just a lot of time to invest mm-hmm. for some for something that probably won't work out i want to delete the app in a couple of days anyway so yeah. Uh, ten out of ten. I mean, sorry, one out of ten. Wouldn't recommend. No. <laughs> Not, not at all and also one one other thing I don't think you can present your best self mm-hmm. either yeah. um you know I think you know us us three we're quite funny but I feel like some jokes don't translate well via oh. text 
and I think Learned most people way. like yeah yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I feel like I feel like most people come across better in person I know I do anyway um, yeah. and I also you know from like you know body language and like other social cues that you don't get via um dating apps you get that in person and you can pretty much tell whether you want to carry on talking mm. to somebody or not um and that's another thing I just don't have time to be yeah yeah to be doing that which is ironic because I think dating apps are meant to be convenient but I'm finding them quite inconvenient at the moment it was interesting what you said <laughs> about small talk and um not being able to do that because I always find I think I'm quite not intense but I'm just very like I say what I think straight away I don't know how to do hi how are you um how's your day been I don't care how your day's been yeah Yeah. exactly like well I care but like not if I'm just meeting you or like I'm just like matched with you I don't really want to know about the internet every day I'd rather meet in person like have a chat about something concrete not just like abstract things and I think that's where I really struggle on dating apps because I'm just not and I can't pretend to care either I think my friend like sends me she's like send me you're meant to say this you're meant to do this you're meant to do that and then you were like get a date and I'm like I can't I don't care about anything it's things like ask how they are ask how their weekend was ask do this do that I'm like that's not interesting to me and that's a waste of my time but that's what yeah. you have to do to um get anywhere on dating apps and it's I don't know it's interesting yeah yeah I refuse to play that that game mm. um on on dating apps but what I have found and this is slightly off topic and but it it does relate to rugby like I will put my rugby pictures of me in action and I swear to god like that is it like that's the money (laughs) like (laughs) I've had so much more success with like pictures of me and Kit and maybe it's this thing where you like people like people in in, like uniform and stuff yeah (laughs) You know, my rugby kit is my uniform. I think it definitely helps. <laughs> um, yeah, when it comes to like more matches and stuff. Yeah. Um, do you think Corona has made it worse? I think the pandemic has definitely exasperated this feeling within myself, and I think a lot of people of like loneliness and like mm. it's a lot more apparent that you're single now because <laughs> you're by yourself or like like me and just surrounded by your family all the time and just like it's quite suffocating so yeah. I think I have noticed that a lot more people are willing to like they want to talk and they want to like yeah try and form mm. that connection but also I don't know it's interesting I did want a hot girl summer but I haven't had that sadly because of the pandemic yeah. and that's not mm. advisable is it so I don't know I feel like I've missed out because of COVID but also I'm very lazy and the admin Mm. required to have a hot girl summer wasn't something that I was willing to do so (laughs) here we are 2020. Do you think being black impacts your dating prospects on apps or in real life? I've had a really negative experience on dating previously uh, because not only am I black but I am big which means that I tick the boxes for sweet sweet fetishes out there oh amen <laughs> um, yes. and it was yeah. really really difficult to kind of gauge if someone was interested in me interested in me because I was like a BBW or if they were interested in me because they just wanted to get to know me um and uh, it got to the point where I <laughs> cornered George 
and asked him like what are all of your fetishes <laughs> to gauge and see if that was his intention or not but you know evidently it wasn't um so that yeah so it was like rugby made me really approachable and easy to talk to and gave people that link but then mm. I was also just kind of like but are they only interested in me because they want to have sex with me um it was yeah it was really difficult um but in the same note when I was younger so like maybe about like 16 to 19 I felt that I wasn't actually anybody's type because I was surrounded by people who weren't really into black girls they were more into like blonde girls or brunette girls or like Spanish girls and I wasn't any of those girls so I actually was single for an extremely long time um because nobody was interested in being with the black girl but then it yeah. turned around and I became a fetish it was really difficult yeah <laughs> it is hard. No, really really hard you're so right and I think yeah because being a bigger girl as well I think opens you up to a lot of people that are just want that like experience if that makes sense in that like yeah. being a big yeah big black girl and I remember like when I was in uni um and I'd have like weird older men in clubs saying stuff like oh I've never like been with a big black girl before and just like really weird stuff and I was just, like this is bizarre like I don't yeah. understand what what and I think mm. a lot of people may think that it's complimentary when in reality it's actually really degrading and disgusting because it's you're just it just body and not an actual person which is mm. it, it makes me feel like I'm some sort of box that they've ticked off mm. like I'm a entry into their bucket list mm. I'm like yeah that's not like I'm I'm worth more than that mm. stop being an arsehole <laughs> <laughs> no no I totally get that yeah but I feel like sometimes you have those disgusting men anyway who treat women as an experience to be had and like a masturbation tool essentially mm. and I think when like so that that comment that that creepy guy in the club made to you and like he like you like you said he's not seeing you seeing you as a person mm. he's seeing you as just a means to an end which is his own physical satisfaction right? and that obviously must feel really gross as well just just to know that you're just an object in some people's eyes I, I think so in Exeter Exeter is a predominantly white university let's just put that out there anyway and like I said in the beginning my um most of my dating experience like started in university right I mean obviously I had a couple of things before before that but like serious stuff right and when I looked around and saw like potential suitors, I don't know what it was, but I kind of felt like maybe in the back of my mind that I wasn't the most desirable person because like at uni, I was like a, a bit a bit chubbier, a bit hefty. I didn't really know who I was. Like I've had a glow up since, thank God. But like, <laughs> no, but the, the, in, in uni, I didn't, I'd never thought of myself as being like, um top tier really um well may maybe later on in my in my degree but definitely in, in my first year I, I didn't really um th think of myself as being desirable to the white people in 
in Exeter. So when it came to thinking, okay, like I kind of want to get out there, I didn't think I could approach these people because I'm not trying to be shut um, shut down like that. Um, but surprisingly, um, you never know, you know, who likes who likes what. But like what you were saying, Lamise, earlier about um, you know having like a fetish, I didn't I didn't know what I was to certain people. I didn't know if they disliked me or if they were looking for you know, an experience with a black girl or having an experience with like, or having a first time experience with a black girl. Like that also was was in my head because a lot of the people I kind of messed around with, I was their first girl. Do you get what I'm saying? And that kind of, that built up this thing within me, like, am I just a passing experience for you? Am I, like, what am I, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and that was, and that was something I kind of struggled with in uh, university. But in terms of it, like, I don't know, shooting down my prospects and ruining my prospects for dating, I personally can't say it has because, I don't know, I kind of approach people that I kind of know are going to be into mm-hmm. me. And don't ask me how I know, but just, I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. That black girl magic. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do. I do. Um, how do you gain this skill? Because I like people that don't like me. And that's when I'm even more interested. I'm like, what oh, challenge? And then it ends Yeah, no, I feel that. Um, how, how do I know? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think because within you know you know within like the queer community you've got masculine feminine top bottom all that kind of stuff I would fall into like I'm a bit of a tomboy I wouldn't say I'm completely like butch or anything but I think I'm fall into that side of the spectrum right and so I would always be the pursuer and so I don't know what it is but like femmes do this thing where they provide um like an opportunity for you to pursue them and that's them letting you know that they want you to pursue them do you think rugby is a safe space for queerness and exploring that side of things because i think rugby has a stereotype of being like women's rugby in particular um being just full of lesbian girls and i think definitely on our team in hackney that isn't the case i think it's like a strong mix but do you think rugby as a whole provides a safe space to explore that absolutely absolutely so um I talk a bit about my own experience coming into myself and my own sexuality because I and 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 this is the reason why I absolutely love rugby and I loved um Exeter women's rugby in particular because I never really saw real life lesbians you know like people just like being them and being true to themselves and um I came I came into university not really being exposed to people living like other lifestyles and being comfortable with themselves and I was like oh my god like these are normal people and they're happy and they're and they're like you know just really just like enjoying themselves and I came into university questioning myself and like women's rugby like gave me the I don't know the environment to 
kind of explore who I was and no one really cared like no one actually cared about it it was never really a big thing so you could just live your life and not in secret but just be like a normal person without having that part of your life kind of um I don't know what's what's the word like judged ridiculed no not assessed not. <laughs> yeah but you, I, I don't know what it is but when, when people find out that your sexuality is something other than heterosexuality it becomes all that you are or a big part of who you are but it's like yeah. no I've, I've actually got other parts about me that I think are more important than what I do kind of embed or you know that there's more mm. important things about me and that's what I loved about rugby in uni or, or, or just like women's rugby in general it's just like it just supported me in what I, you know, what who, who I was, but also didn't make it a big deal, which is also something that I didn't I didn't want. It might sound contradictory, but I feel like you get what I'm saying. Like I don't yeah. want, yeah, I don't want like my sexuality to be all that people see about me. Now I had a similar experience because um, I was unsure of what I was actually interested in. I think I lived a lot of my life knowing that I was interested in women but suppressing it because it wasn't acceptable um so I just let it be and then when I joined rugby it kind of gave me that confidence to just be who I wanted to be and not really care what other people thought about me Mm. and it opened up this whole new door that I wasn't fully prepared for um but I could have these discussions with all of my rugby mates um and I couldn't have the same discussion with my school friends or with my mum and my mum is like my best friend in the entire world but she would still kind of look at me and be like well you've had a lot of faiths in your life this is probably just one of them and you'll get over it and it'll be fine and she's very accepting but she's also just very honest and if she thinks it's a face she will project that onto you um if she thinks that it's real then she'll still accept you but she's just a very harsh critic. Um, so yeah, it was interesting. Is dating within a team a good idea? No, but I'm a hypocrite because I did date within the team and it went well. So, but I do think that it's like lines get blurred and I think it, it fosters a really unhealthy topic of conversation. Hmm. Um, if the people that are in the relationship aren't mature enough to, you know, respect that relationship. Mm. Um, I was quite fortunate to um, be interested in somebody that was a really, really good friend and to have that conversation with them and to be really honest with them and to not then become part of a rumour mill. Uh, but I was also quite fortunate to be in a position where I was kind of in charge of everyone else. <laughs> so I could, sh- I could shut them down. The chief of gossip. <laughs> yeah. Chief pot um, mm. But all I, I haven't, I've, there are a few successful relationships that have happened within a team. But in general, when I was captain, it was an extra piece of admin I didn't have time for. And it put me in a position where (laughs) I would have to have a conversation with people who were in relationships and say, it was against everything that I believed in, but I was like, can you just wait until the end of season and then you can break up with them, that's fine. (laughs) Because I can't manage this. I can't do it. 
it's yeah. it's too much and it just becomes everyone's focus and you're like stop it everybody we're here to play rugby we're not here to get laid we're here to make friendships we're here to make um we're here to build a family bond we're here to all be on the same page if you get in a relationship with somebody that's on my team sheet it really fucks things for me it's just it was infuriating i think we're in a better position now ish Mm. um where relationships can form and develop because i think we've all matured a lot since i think five years ago we just weren't ready for that and five years ago we were more likely to get into relationships with the men's team Whereas now, we're more likely to just keep our relationships within the women's team, Mm. um, which kind of has an element of control. I'm going to agree with the memes because we've all seen, we've all seen the impacts of relationships going wrong within our our own teams, right? Like I've seen um, a few. And it's always worse when... When, when the two individuals are leaders within, within, within teams or like big personalities or big figures within mm. the team because the impact it has on the, the pitch as well, like how, how, how we, oh my God, how we play on the field, it has a huge impact and I don't know all the other behind the scenes bits that Lamise mm. has to deal with. So obviously I understand that it can go wrong um i (laughs) i have explored within my team and it's gone very well so (laughs) (laughs) because you're because you are mature and the other person is mature and yeah you're also not like inner inner yeah no so i think like a lot of conversations have to be had not about like oh things go wrong like that's not it but it's just like conversations have to be had about like whether both people are on the same page about how Mm. things are going like that is Mm. the most important thing um but also the benefit of exploring within your team is that you get to see them loads and I feel like from personal experience the connection that you have with somebody on the pitch like playing beside them I I don't know like you just play better with that person on the pitch personally because you know them off the pitch you know Mm. and you and you train so much together like you just know how to read them you know you know where they're going to be in two phases you know how fast they are you know you know um you know how 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 far they can pass the ball all all of that stuff really does contribute to the chemistry you have with that other person you know i just think exploring within the same team it just adds a little genesis quoi to the whole the whole thing it really just adds there was one time we were playing like a really tough game it wasn't it wasn't east london it was another it was the one underneath i can't remember who we were it, Mm. Um, anyway, it was it was yeah. it was a tough match, right? And she just did something so sick, like she was just like she made such a great tackle, and I was like, I forgot to play, I forgot that I was meant <laughs> to be 
playing <laughs> and I was just like wow like that is so so sick <laughs> I was like I've never been I've never been more attracted to you in my life than this moment right here um mm. and yeah like when like when your significant other or whoever you're having relations with plays rugby it's just amazing it just adds just adds mm. more so yeah. in terms of so my overall what I would say is in terms of like the whole like serious relationship stuff like and that going badly yeah that definitely can ruin things for the team but as long as there's just like I don't know a level of maturity like Louise was saying Mm. it's 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 a great time basically yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, it can be if you guys are adults (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think I'm just quite negative in that if something does go wrong, it would really ruin, uh, I don't know, too much for me in that, mm. like, it'd be hard to separate. I like to keep aspects of my life quite separate, I think. Sure. And, like, for me, yeah. rugby is, like, fun times, like, sports, doing that. And um, <laughs> I am quite petty. I know <laughs> that, like, I just wouldn't be able to... I know I honestly exactly. wouldn't be able to navigate, especially if something has happened or like I don't know, it just wronged. didn't end very well. I would I know I'm not mature enough to just kind of be civil in that space. And I know that's a problem mm. I have in that I'm not very good mm. at being civil when I feel like someone has wronged me. So that's why I would rather just keep it separate and that it's not fair on everyone, it's not fair on me, it's not gonna be fair on the other person. But I guess yeah. I am also quite negative as well. I'm not like, yeah. It's going to go wrong. But Everything's going to go wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally natural. One of my closest, like we started playing rugby at Hackney together. Mm. She um, didn't get into a relationship, but she started like exploring mm. uh, relations with Having another relations. woman on the team. Mm-hmm. And it went really badly and she uh. stopped coming. Mm. And that's the risk that you take. Yeah. Yeah. If you if someone can't handle it, if someone can't witness the person that has betrayed them or broken their heart, you're losing a player. Mm. And when you've spent yeah so much time trying to accumulate a, a role sheet of people, and one <laughs> of them who's finally a good person, a good player, mm. one of them just disappears. It kind of it just ruins the whole functionality of the team. I think it's really important what Juanita said. You have to have that conversation with somebody. Mm. You have to make sure you're on the same page. You both have to be really open and honest and mature about it for it to work. Yeah. And I think you have to have regular conversations as well. It can't mm. just be like a one-off in the beginning, like, oh, so we're on the same page, great, because things change, like relationships evolve and are very um, dynamic. Like you, you could, I mean, I'm not saying talk about the same thing all the time, but, you know, mm. you know every... You know, maybe a few months or so like make sure you both are on the same page because the impact of things going very wrong is very detrimental to the team um but I think when two people who are on the same team um get together they understand even if they don't admit it aloud they Mm. understand the risks of if things were to go wrong like what are we going to do how are we going to handle it and I I think that conversation doesn't happen because people people think 
oh, where do you think it's going to end? Why are we going to get together? It's yeah. the same thing with like a prenup, mm. right? Like <laughs> having, having a conversation um, about a prenup is like, oh, so you think we're not going to last? No, it's not that. Yeah. I'm just saying like, you just, you just never safe. know, right? Yeah. You said that and your partner, George, he's not really into rugby like as no. much as you are. Um, yeah. How have you like navigated that? Because rugby takes up I like don't have much of a life well I've only just recently started a job but like when I was I didn't have much of a life so (laughs) rugby took up most of my time but I can't imagine like having a partner as well and having like to work and you've got quite like an intense job that requires a lot of you um how Mm. do you navigate that space with him and what Um, have you faced so um at the beginning of our relationship um, you know when you do and say anything that you can to like, you know, <laughs> keep the other person interested. <laughs> he did that to me. <laughs> ah. um, so he, yeah, he was. He, he, he thought it was quirky. It was cool. It was fun. He would tell people that I play rugby, and he'd really enjoyed like the response that he'd get from other people. And you know that made him then be really interested in rugby as well. And he would come and watch games. He would watch games with me on the TV and he was really into it. And then there was this lull period where his attitudes just completely flipped and rugby became a really negative thing in his life because it sucked up so much of my time that I barely spent any time with him. Yeah. And then when I was with him, um, I was like, oh, I just, really need to, I just need to update this team sheet. Oh, I just need to have a chat with Steve. Oh, I just need to make sure that this girl's okay. I was always on my phone. It, it, it sucks the life out of you. And I'm really bad at delegating uh, because I don't think anybody can do something as great as I can. <laughs> so it just made it impossible for him. And I, I could have kept going as captain, but I made a decision to step down to appreciate him a bit more and ever since that his attitude to rugby has gone back to the, his previous ways and he is like oh yeah I'd like to come and watch you play oh yeah I'd like to watch that game with you and and it's nice to have someone who is very far removed from that life of mine because it gives me a break it gives me something else to talk about um, and it gives me the freedom to just kind of, you know, have have my own time to think and to feel and to be in a relationship with him. But I'm not going to lie. I think when it got to about the two year mark, I started to get really itchy at the thought that all of the people that I knew that were in these great relationships were in relationships with people that they were playing with or playing alongside with or their partner played for a different team and they played for something. And I, I wish we had that kind of connection. But I realise it doesn't mean anything because love is love. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna say though, like I so you know how we're talking about like whether we should date within a team. I ne- I never wanted to date on my team when I was in uni because of what Lamise said, because in uni rugby was my life. Like mm. it was uni rugby, all my friends, not all, because I I've made a conscious effort to have friends outside of my team because like mm. obviously like rugby politics like that is a thing like when things get a bit sticky like you want to be able to like just have other people to speak to right but I think because rugby occupied all of my time because I trained Monday, Tuesday, game Wednesday, Thursday and Friday and then would spend friends with spend time with friends 
on the weekend as well that's seven days a week that you're around the same people right so I never wanted to date anybody on my team because like what I was saying I don't want to mix people from parts of my life and you need that kind of escape so but what I did I would go for people who were like semi-sporty so who would understand my rugby life and my connection with my friends because it is so much deeper than like just mates because these are people that you literally like die together on the pitch for 80 minutes like you're there throwing your bodies around for 80 minutes like the connection is so much deeper with Mm. your teammates it really is a different bond so it's I thought it was just better to get somebody who kind of understood my sporting life but also wasn't part of that sporting life you know yeah last question this is a random one where do you see yourself in five years time I love asking this question because it's so stupid (laughs) I love planning my life um and I hope we can put this episode in some sort of time capsule so we can look back and see if we've actually done it (laughs) the internet is a time capsule that's a very good point um so I'll be 34 um I think I'll be um hopefully um on track to or actually being a special education needs coordinator with one child and a marriage and a house so probably not playing that much rugby but solidifying my relationship with whoever is the twos captain at that time to just put just ask me Sunday morning if they are desperate (laughs) (laughs) I see that's the route you're heading down I can already see that's the route you're heading down Yeah. just pop up on the Sunday and like we do have a few girls that are like that they just pop up on Sundays like hey we're part of the team great lovely to meet you <laughs> <Is he Nepal? laughs> that's true that would be the dream fair fair enough yeah preferably we'd start playing on Saturdays by then as well but I mean I can't change let's not let's not be too yeah that's a bit too far okay that's a huge ask yeah let's go imagine if we were like equal to men in that way and we could like play on saturday oh my god that'd be incredible honestly honestly just mind-blowing i think that's absolute scenes not slagging off the rfu but just that that's that's a that's a huge leap let's not be ridiculous god yeah the same as men in sports god in 2020 2025 we're talking about no that's ridiculous 2025 (laughs) Juanita where do you see yourself in five years um well I think hopefully with an established career with enough money to put down a deposit on a house maybe not in London but Mm. on the outskirts maybe that's that's my dream I'll be I was like 29, so 29, 30-ish. So, yeah. Oh, my God, that's wild um, now. That's, really, <laughs> that's terrifying. <sorry>. And, <laughs> and in terms of, like, dating, I actually don't see myself in a serious relationship, only because I plan to get married, like, 35, something like that. And I don't see myself being a girlfriend for, like, 10 years. Like, I, mm. I must marry, you know, mm. so... <laughs> I must marry you. So I love my no, mom. Just like no, I you must, must marry. marry. <laughs> I must marry. No, I don't see myself like 
doing that like and I, but I also don't see myself being a young a young bride or a young you know a young married person so yeah. I, so at 29 I, I feel like I'm still going to be living my best life and still having my hot girl summers and yeah so <laughs> hopefully stable career house a pet and <laughs> you know a harem of individuals that I Oh my God. <laughs> that I'm having entanglements with. I'm I'm actually building my harem now, and I would like to actually put out a broadcast. Since you've got since this since this podcast has been reached, where do I see myself in five years? Thanks for asking, guys. Really <laughs> reciprocal <laughs> conversation that we're having here. <laughs> God, God where knows. Do you see yourself in five years, Anne. Thanks for asking, Lamise. Um, I see myself, I don't know, quite similarly, like hopefully want to do a bit more traveling, then looking into maybe popping to New Zealand for a bit. Oh my God, yeah. Wow. Maybe it's a possibility, I don't know. But I definitely want to travel a lot more, keep working and play a bit of rugby. I see myself, honestly, like the same as I do, like pretty much what I'm doing now, just hopefully not living Mm. at home. And making podcasts in my tacky bedroom, (laughs) bringing it all back. Do you guys? Do you guys just? Do you guys see yourself? I know Lemieux said that you, you know, you want to be a casual twos player, ideally Mm. in five years. Do you guys see yourself, you know, thinking of more than Hackney rugby? Do you see? Do you have any other aspirations for your rugby career? I'm, you're shaking yeah. your head at me. It's like we got, we got the message. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would like to. At- my peak. <laughs> I'd like to attempt county. I think that's it. But I don't even think. I don't know. I think I quite like where I'm at in rugby and that, like making friends. And I know I've still got so much to learn as a player. Um, yeah. And I'm learning loads. And I would like to just attempt county, and yeah. see if I yeah. could do that. Play with the big boys. Um. But also, I know our county is like all the way in West London, and you're having a laugh if you think I'm going there. It's actual trek. Like going there for training was an absolute myth for me. Like I used to come home at like 11 p.m. like on a Friday. He wants that, but it's so much fun. Yeah, it's worth so much fun. Yeah, maybe Essex. It's really worth it. Maybe I'll do Essex now because I qualify for that. So I know people from Middlesex. I don't know people in Essex. But the travel is what gets me. I'm too lazy. I can't even bother to go to like Dalston a lot of the time. I don't get how I'm going to go to Acton. But anyway, okay, that's yeah. like maybe a couple of seasons. I just want to get like stronger and like work on my mm. fitness a lot. Thank you, Anita and Lemise. Thank you for being so open and um, joining me in this conversation. I'd like to thank myself for facilitating this space <laughs> and for being the person that I am. I'd like to thank producer Ron for always being there and eating watermelon on camera. I'd like to thank Juanita for giving us her government name and going on the journey with us. I'd like to thank Lamise for just her joyful, insightful, smoking four cigarettes in the space of two hours. Really proud of her. We've all done such great work today. Um, So stay tuned for the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.